Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Social Let. This is episode 477. Today we are talking about website copy, the words on your website. I am super excited to welcome our guest today, Sarah Knoll, who is from Between the Lines Copywriting. Sarah is a freelance website a freelance website copywriter and educator who specializes in helping creative entrepreneurs and modern business owners connect with their ideal audience through her signature sales-focused storytelling method. In this episode, Sarah and I chatted about why website copy is so important and why it might be one of those big reasons that you aren't converting as well as you would like. She's also sharing the massive mistakes that many business owners make with their website copy when they're DIYing, how to write your about page, even if you hate writing about yourself, because I know for sure I hate writing about myself, uh, and how to get free traffic to your website without relying on social media. She's also sharing a little bit about her experiences so far with launching her online course. And I was super lucky because I got to work with Sarah. She was one of my VIP launch clients and getting to really take that deep dive into her launch and helping her to plan out that content for it was so much fun. Uh, so I know you're going to get a lot out of today's episode. I, it makes me want to go and tweak half of my website already. <laughs> Hopefully it has the same effect on you. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Sarah, welcome to Socialette. Thanks for having me. Now for people who aren't really familiar with um, website copywriting, why is it that you do what you do and what is website copy? So the reason why I do what I do is for everybody out there that hates writing about themselves, which if you're listening right now, that's probably you because that's everyone. Nobody likes sitting there and writing about themselves. It's just awkward and uncomfortable. And when you hire someone else to do it for you, you're giving them all the information they need so they can write about you. And you don't have to feel that like, am I being salesy? Like, what do I even say? Uncomfortable situation. So that's why I do what I do. And I usually explain website copy to people by saying it's all of the words on the website. So not the design, but all of the words that go into it, what helps you sell your products and services. How did you fall into website copywriting? Because it's not, it's not such a common form of copywriting. Like we see a lot of sales copywriters. We see a lot of like social media copywriters, but how did you fall into website copy? That's a good question. I don't get asked this question that often. So I became a copywriter because I wanted a remote job. So initially I started off doing content marketing. So like blogging, email, I was doing a little bit of everything. And then I just one day had somebody to ask me write a website. And I was like, sure, why not? I could do that if I'm doing all this other stuff. And I just loved the process of it. And I like working on bigger projects for longer, as opposed to those little tiny projects. Cause in order to, you know, make a living, I would have to write a million blog posts a month, but now I can focus my efforts on writing 
bigger content or longer form content like website copy. And I only have to do a little bit of those months. And I was great (laughs) at the project. I was like, wow, I love this positive feedback. Let me do more of this. It was just a fun process. So that's how I fell into it. I love that. Now, for somebody who is thinking, oh, they've already got a website, but they're not sure if it's if it's right or not, what are some of those key elements of good website copy? I think the number one thing you can ask yourself is, are you getting inquiries? Are you getting sales? If you're not getting the amount of sales or inquiries that you hope to be getting, then maybe it has something to do with your website copy. You can also check if you have any analytical tool you know, set up there like Google Analytics or whatever your website hosting platform has, how long people are staying on your site. If they're getting to your site and immediately Xing out and immediately clicking that back button, then maybe that has something to do with your website copy as well. So I would suggest starting with your homepage and just seeing what you're saying and decide if what you're saying is what you want to say or what your readers need to hear. I think that's something that trips a lot of people up. Um, So I can explain that further if you want. Yeah. I'd love to go a little bit more into like the, what your readers need to hear concept. What do you mean by that? So a lot of people start off by just giving them the LinkedIn version, giving them the resume version. Think of your website as a first date. You would never go and sit in front of your sexy crush at a dinner date and say, hey, this is my work experience. I graduated magna cum laude with blah, blah, blah degree. You would never do that. And when you start your website off with all this backstory, all of this boring information or all of this big blocks of text, nobody cares yet. They don't know you yet. They don't need to know all of this extra information. Instead, that's you telling them you know, what you want to say. You want to tell them about your three bachelor degrees. You want to tell them all of this information. They don't know you. They don't care. Right away, they care about what you can do for them, how you can help them, just who you are, what you're an expert in. They want to know if they should keep reading or not. But then... So like degrees, I can see why people would add the things like the degrees to their website because it adds that credibility. Yes. Do people who are reading your website care about the credibility? And like, if they do, what else should you put on there instead? They definitely do care about the credibility, just not immediately. Like you're not going to start off your homepage with, hi, I'm Steph. I have a degree in XYZ. You're going to say, hi, I'm Steph. And absolutely not. You're going to say, hi, I'm Steph. And I can help you kill your next launch. I can help you earn more money. I can help you transition from one-on-one clients to digital product sales. So you can live in a van and travel across Australia. You're going to tell them that benefit right away. And then later on, on your about page, maybe like halfway down your about page, you can sneak in those degrees. You can tell them all of the things that make you credible, but other ways you can share that credibility is just speaking their language. They're going to immediately know that you're credible. If you're saying the things that they want to find in the type of service or product that you have. So for me, for a website copywriter on my website in general, just me telling them the benefits of hiring me to do that. Or if I'm saying like writing about yourself sucks, they're going to think, oh yeah, she knows me. She knows what I'm talking about. That automatically makes me credible. So does sharing testimonials and reviews and past work that I've done, portfolio, you know, case studies, things like that. Also sharing logos of businesses that you've worked in or places your projects have been featured in. Any element of social proof is also credibility. Love it. Okay. So we've touched on one of the mistakes is not making your website like your LinkedIn profile. What Mm -hmm. other big mistakes do you see people making with their websites? 
I think that not being specific enough is a huge one. Not being direct enough. People like to beat around the bush or they like to use big fancy words when in reality, you have a matter of seconds to capture someone's attention and you just need to be straight up. This is what I do. This is who I do it for. This is what you're going to get out of it. And then tell them exactly what she wants them to do next. That's another one that I often see. People assume that their readers are going to know what to do next. Because you're so close to your own content and you've likely spent so much time drafting your own website copy, it seems obvious to you what the next step is. When in reality, it's not that obvious to that person. You need to make it stupid simple. That's what I always tell everyone. Stupid simple. Tell them click services or like learn more here, make it exponentially clear exactly what to do next. So I would say those are the two main mistakes. And then another mistake I see is not knowing your ideal client well enough. Mm, Okay. Let's talk about that because I know like (laughs) people come to me a lot and I'm sure you get this as well. People come to me a lot and they're like, yeah, my ideal client is women aged 25 to 50. They live in Sydney. You're like, cool. What what kind of level of detail do you need about your ideal client for writing that website? The level of detail, I think, depends on the type of service or product that you have, but there's basic information that's going to be helpful for you no matter what kind of business you have, whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business. You need to know what's going on in your ideal client's life at that time, and you need to know where you come into their story. So if I'm thinking of my ideal client, it's probably somebody maybe listening to this podcast right now thinking... Writing about myself is so hard. I hate that. I wish I could just freaking pay someone to do it. I've spent so much time looking at this blank Google Doc and it's getting me nowhere. And I know that I really want to launch my business soon. And I know that as soon as I get my website up, I'm going to be able to do this, blah, blah, blah. That's their current life situation. I come into their story at that point when they're struggling, like how the heck do I even write about myself? How do I explain my services without being salesy? So because I know that's their current situation and that's where I come in, I'm able to like swoop into that message and then talk about what I know that's already on their mind. What happens if you have more than one ideal client though? I get this question all the time (laughs) and I don't know if you're going to like my answer, but I'm going to say it anyway. I recommend choosing one of those ideal clients, just the one that you want to work with the most. Because oftentimes when you have multiple ideal clients, you usually have one that's like more more ideal than the rest of the ideal clients. So for example, if I'm a website copywriter, I would like to write website copy. I also write blogs. I also write emails. People will also buy my products, but website copy is the number one thing I want to do. And if you're honest with yourself, and if you let yourself truly think about those business goals without the possibility of failing, you probably also have that one ideal client. Or if you don't, Think about the similarities between all the ones you have and don't be afraid to write to that one person because if you're writing to that one person, everyone else would that's similar to that person is still going to reach out. For example, I just worked with a dating and image consultant for men in midlife, so 50-year-old men, but she also works with gay men. She was marketing to straight men, but those gay men are still going to reach out to her because their message still resonates no matter who you are. So thinking about the message being central is key as well. Oh, I like that. Um, all right. So, and like something <laughs> that's, that's actually really such a good point about focusing on the one, because I think a lot of the time we offer services or products. So we don't really want to offer because we feel like we should. Yeah. And I think, yeah, or if you do get can. really, sorry. Or cause we can, we're like, well, we I could can. do that. Like I might as well. It's money. That's so true. Exactly. 
And if we do get really, um, if we do get really honest with ourselves and we realize, actually, I don't really want to offer that service anymore. Yeah, it might be making me money, but by getting rid of that service, I'm like making energetic space for more clients in the services that I do want. So I love that. Uh, let's talk about writing about pages because I know that's probably, would you say that's probably the hardest page that people struggle yeah. with? Yeah. Definitely I remember the number one hardest. <laughs> my current website I hired a copywriter for, but I remember my previous websites, I, the about page, I would always get so stuck and I would look at other people's websites to like try and steal the structure. I wouldn't copy the words, but I'd steal the structure. Do you have any advice for somebody who is sitting there staring at the blank Google doc, trying to write their about page right now? Yes. Okay. Definitely do. I'm going to thinking it to myself. How can I cut this down? So I would say the number one tip I have for writing about yourself on your about page is thinking more about what your ideal client needs to know about you in order to like you, to know you, to trust you, to think you're credible. Instead of just thinking, well, this is all the information about me. You know, so much information about yourself, but also you're staring at the blank Google doc and none of it's coming to you. And it's too overwhelming to think of like your whole life story and how to summarize that or which information is even relevant to share. So if instead you think of what's my ideal client going to relate to, what are they, what do they need to know about me? So maybe you do share a little bit about your education and your background, but you also want to share personal elements of your life that maybe have nothing to do with it, but maybe that's a common interest. You could potentially bond with someone over, but don't think about it too critically and too seriously. Just help them get to know you. Mm, I like that. So it's kind of like, it's more about them than it is about you. Yes, that's what I always say. Yeah, it's not about, your about page is not about you. Is my quote. I love that. Uh, so, like the goal of the about page, is it to build that credibility? Is it to build connection? All of the above. What What's the point of the about page? I would say all of the above, but focus on connection for sure. Because like I said, there's going to be plenty of elements throughout your whole site that'll help make you seem credible. But the about page is really where you get that connection factor. I think that's why a lot of people have started putting like almost a fun facts section on their site. Like for example, if you go to my website, you'll see that one of my titles I call myself is a chocolate addict with no intent on seeking recovery. That's like a conversation piece. People always are like, I'm a chocolate addict too. Like I love eating brownie batter as a meal. And I'm like, yeah, things like that that, that you wouldn't think are relevant enough to share, but those are the things that are memorable. People are going to remember that they saw that on my site. I'm not just going to sit here and write the same, I write copy that converts and connects like every other you know copywriter does. I want to stand out with my information. So that's another tip I have. Yeah. And actually I've noticed that, um, I mean, this isn't website copy, but in my podcast intro, I talk about how I like Shiraz and <laughs> multiple listeners have either DM'd me or when I've met them in person, they've been like, oh, like, let's have a glass of Shiraz. And I've had somebody, I even had one listener gift me a bottle of Shiraz. Like, and that's all just little thing, just from one little thing that was mentioned in my intro. Like, I don't know if it's great that the first thing people associate with me is wine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's great because it's a specific fact. People will remember that specificity. You don't want to just give a general, like, I love to read and stroll down and go shopping on the main street. Like they want to hear a specific random fact. So they really feel like they get to know you because that feels like almost an intimate moment. Like, oh, Steph, my good friend, Steph, she loves that specific wine. Instead of just, I like to drink wine. Nobody would really comment if that's what you had said. Oh, I like that. I like that. Let's talk a little bit more about the specificity because I think that's where I think that's what really separates good 
like good copy, good books, good writing from the kind of wishy-washy general writing where it's like, yeah, I had a glass of wine and then I went for a walk rather than I had a glass of cold Chardonnay and then stepped out into the freezing cold street, for example. Exactly. Exactly. The specificity, like I said, helps them feel like they can really know you and they get closer to you because as we mentioned before, the goal of the about page and any online marketing in general is the connection factor because you're talking to them through a screen. They can X out at any time they want. Their computer could die. They could forget the URL they were on and never see you again. You want to make sure that you're memorable because they're likely looking at your website website and comparing it to everybody else that they're searching for. If you're a service-based business, who's to say they don't have my website up and also another friend of mine, another copywriter, another copywriter, especially if they're finding you in some place like Google and they didn't get there from your social pages, you need to stand out because again, you have no idea how many people are looking at all these different sites, potentially hoping to choose you or somebody else. Mm, yes, that's so true. All right. So let's say that I'm that ideal customer and I'm thinking about writing my own website copy, but I'm actually, I'm also like, oh, maybe if I just wait a few months, I can save up some money and hire somebody to write it for me. What are the advantages of writing it yourself versus hiring somebody like you to come and write it for them? Writing it yourself honestly gives you a sense of empowerment. Like, yeah, I did that. You know what I mean? So in addition to that sense of empowerment, that little badge of honor that you get and doing it yourself, I do think it's beneficial because you know exactly what you've put into it. So you know exactly what you're going to get out of it. So it's empowering, it's rewarding, but also it's the most cost effective. And it would let you use that that money that maybe you would save to hire a copywriter to maybe hire a great website designer. Maybe you want a really cool custom site and you have to choose one or the other. And website copy is easier to teach yourself than website design would be. So it's definitely more cost effective and you're able to really make it your own. Not that you can't with a website copywriter. I don't want to put myself out of a job, uh, but I definitely think it's possible. And I think that's something that people run into a lot. They're thinking of whether or not they should even try to write, the, write their website copy if they're not a good writer, which is something that you and I've talked about before, yes. but <laughs> maybe we should get into that, but it is possible. And I think yeah, let's get into that, Sarah. What if I'm not a good writer? What's my option then? <laughs> And then you learn from somebody who is. No, well, I was going to say I'm just kidding, but I'm not kidding at all. So if you're not a good writer, writing your website copy is not like writing a novel. It's not like writing a short story or something that you need to be like a good fiction writer. And I feel like when people say, oh, I'm not a good writer, it's because they're thinking of English class or they're thinking of a report that they wrote or you know some, some other thing than this entity where there are no rules. Your website, you can do whatever you want. It's yours. You're in charge. You get to write about yourself, your services, something that you're so clearly passionate about because it's your own business. So there's no such thing as being a bad writer when it's about you, you get mm. to make it up. Mm. But like, what if you're really somebody who just, <laughs> you, every time you open that Google doc, the words just don't come out. And that's when you rely on strategy. You rely on formulas. You rely on copywriting tips that you maybe will find from somebody like me on the internet where you you just go by what the professionals are telling you. And if you stay tuned, maybe at the end of this podcast, I'll give a little plug for how I can teach you, yeah. but you rely on strategy when you are not the best writer. Yeah. I love that. All right. So somebody's put in all of this effort. They've written their website copy. They've created their website. Now it's there, but nobody's getting to it. Where, where are they going wrong when they, they just don't have a website? blog? 
They don't have a they blog. They don't have a blog. But isn't blogging they, dead? Oh, Miss Taylor, you're giving me an opportunity to share my message here, <laughs> to preach to the people. Blogging <laughs> is not dead. Blogging, in fact, it, I understand why people say that, though, because you don't really hear of people being like a blogger anymore. I feel like that's what a lot of people um connect blogging within their mind, like the mommy bloggers of 2015. But blogging is the best way for you to do so many things in terms of organic marketing. First of all, gets people to your website. Second of all, it helps people that are on your site, get to know your tone of voice, get to know your personality a little bit more, get to see that element of credibility. And it also lets you share information that didn't fit into your website copy. So for example, I was just writing a website for a Squarespace website designer and I wanted to fit into her copy. Like why Squarespace? Why would somebody choose Squarespace over a different website hosting platform? But that wasn't really, didn't fit her vibe. It didn't really fit in her website copy anywhere. I very easily just linked to a blog post, added a little section for her to share that. And then she gets to share all of that great information without clogging up her website. So there's a million benefits to blogging. It also improves your SEO, which is another reason why people might not be finding your site or you're launching your site to absolute crickets and nobody is even visiting it. Optimizing your website for search engines just essentially means, I know it sounds techy. All it means is you're using the right keywords, you're putting enough words on your page and you're organizing your content in a way that's easy for Google to find it and recommend it to its people, to its searchers. And that's it. That was a lot of information in one breath. (laughs) No, that was great. Um, And I know one of the other things that you're really big on is um, email marketing or building that email marketing strategy. Yes, absolutely. What's your like, I'm not going to ask for your entire strategy on that, but like, (laughs) what's the like high level overview of that email strategy? So email strategy is something that people often don't realize actually does drive a lot of web traffic as well. But the way that you build your list is also a great way for you to get more traffic. So that's through a lead magnet or one of those freebies, free downloadable, whether it's a quiz, a PDF, a checklist, a guide. Maybe if you're listening to this, you've downloaded some of Steph's already and you're on her email list that way. Essentially, it's something that your people, your list, your viewers, readers are going to download. They give you their email, you send it to them, and then they're on your list. So once you go through that whole lead magnet situation, what you're going to want to do next is send them an email that says, hey, remember me, that chick from the freebie? That's literally what my subject line is. I'm not kidding you. It actually says, hey, remember me, that girl from the freebie from yesterday. And you're going to want to introduce yourself to them and then let them know about you, what you do, what your services are. Because if we're being honest, nobody reads the email that actually has the downloadable. They just want the free thing. So it's great to check back in with them. And then after that, you just do a little bit more indoctrinating, telling them who you are, what makes your business so great. And then you funnel them on into your newsletter. And that's my high level email strategy. You make it sound so easy. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you, you and I, crossed paths because you're launching something, which as you know, is like my area of specialty. And mm-hmm. I'm really curious how your launch is going right now. Tell, tell my listeners what you're launching and how that launch is going so far. All right. So I am currently in the process of launching a website copywriting course, but not just to teach you how to write website copy, also how to teach you to get web traffic to that site. Because like we talked about a minute ago, there's nothing worse than working so hard on your website copy, your website design, and then having absolutely nobody visit your site to to even read the gorgeous website copy that you just learned how to write. So I'm in the process of launching that. It's a self-paced course launching in April. And that means I have about a month until doors open and it's going great. I have all my nice content planned out thanks to Miss Socialette herself. (laughs) And that's how we crack paths. 
Yeah, we because we work together on a VIP launch intensive. I don't really work with that many VIP launch clients, but uh, when I do, it's kind of fun because I just get to block out an entire day in my calendar, put my head down and work on whatever part of your launch you're struggling with. Um, when you booked in, Sarah, what were you struggling with before you booked in? Um, I was, well, I had been a longtime listener of Socialette, which is so such a pinch me moment for me that we're here chatting because I used to listen to your podcast every day as I was in the planning phase before I was getting started. Like I was one of those people that was like, yeah, I'm going to launch a course when I'm ready. You know, someday I was a someday person listening to Socialette, doing my little hot girl walk outside and just taking my notes before I was ready. And then when I saw your email about the VIP day, I was like, well, <laughs> maybe this is, I should just do it. I need to just bite the bullet. Finally put that investment in myself forward. I was not going to, you know, purchase a VIP day and then not take action. So I knew that accountability would be great, but also I was struggling with the planning of the content. So I also write sales pages and work on sales related emails for clients. So I'm familiar with the whole course launch process from that end, but in terms of growing my audience and just getting it all organized, that's where I was struggling. Yeah, I like, yeah, I think a lot of listeners will be able to resonate yeah. with that. Um, what did you find most valuable about the, I guess, the deliverables from that day together? Definitely a content calendar that you made for me. I think that's so helpful having your content planned out, whether you do it yourself or somebody else does it for you, takes so much guesswork out of it and saves you so much time. Because I had that content calendar last week, I was able to plan every single post on social, email, everything written the caption, made the graphic, all of that stuff in literally 48 minutes, I timed myself on toggle. <laughs> so it was so easy. And also, I don't even think that you realized that you did this for me. But in our chat initially, when we kicked things off, um, I said something that made you ask me my mindset about my launch. And I definitely was in a very like this has to work. I need this amount of students. I want to make this amount of money in my first launch ever. And you were like, why? <laughs> like, literally, why are you putting that pressure on yourself? And it really, that was a light switch moment for me when you said that, that I was like, oh, it really is not that deep. I don't have to put this much pressure on it. And I shifted from that, this has to work mindset to a, it's cool if, you know, 10 people sign up <laughs> and I'm going to learn from it and it's going to be great. Oh, that's interesting. So with that shift, with that shift in your mindset, how has that changed how you feel about your launch and how you're approaching that launch? Before, excuse me, before when I was in that sort of like this has to work mindset, I was very nervous about the value that I was providing. And so I kind of wanted to like almost clutter up the course with all of these extra things. And I was like, well, if I'm charging this amount of money, I'm like nervous about that. And I have to include all of these things inside the course. And again, you basically were like, why? <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> and I realized that it's much more valuable. This is something you said to me to get people from point A to point B as quickly and efficiently as possible without, you know, all the detail detours along the road. I added the detour part of the quote, <laughs> but that's what I was doing. I was adding too many detours. So now I feel way more confident in the value that I'm providing. And since the content calendar and all of the strategy that you made for me, I've noticed that people are responding, literally saying to me, you should charge for your newsletter. Like, how are you able to put out this much free content? Like, I can't believe your content's free. I get that all the time. So, wow. so if yeah. somebody wants to get onto your newsletter, how can they do that? <laughs> they Tell us about your newsletter firstly, because you've 
you're not just sending out some random newsletter when you feel like it. You've, there's a lot of strategy behind yours. Yes. Yes. My newsletter is a big deal. <laughs> I send a newsletter every week. It's called the Tuesday Table of Contents. I share one copywriting tip or one marketing tip every single week, along with a couple of helpful resources and a book recommendation. Because if you visit my website, which is betweenthelinescopy.com, you'll see why the book theme is relevant. But I share a tip every week. Um, and usually that tip is like a shorter version of a longer blog post. So I'm putting out a lot of content out there. And again, I get the comment all the time, like, how is this free? Why are you giving so much information? But I feel that the more you're able to share with people about your expertise and the more that you genuinely want to help people, because that's the purpose of my newsletter. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be making such a robust you know, email every single week. Then all that good energy is going to come back to you. So you should subscribe. If you go to betweenthelinescopy.com slash links, there will be a little button right there that says sign up for my newsletter. If you scroll to the blue section. The blue section. All right. Section. I love that. Um, oh, Sarah, this chat has been such great fun. Um, we've touched on so many different things. It's, I been, it's been great, but that's how I like it here in Socialette. Um, if you have, if you could maybe leave our listeners with three actionable things they could do right now to improve their website copy, whether they're writing it from scratch or whether they've already got a website written, what would those three things be? Okay. Just to put mm-hmm. you on the spot. <laughs> I love it. Put me right on the spot. Number one, look at your website right now and tell me if it looks like LinkedIn in a resume or if it looks like a website. Okay. You will very easily be able to tell if your website looks like something you'd be confident in sharing in a situation other than a job interview, because that's not what this is. So that's tip number one, audit for the LinkedIn-esque moments on your site. Number two is look at your site and make sure you have enough calls to action and that they're specific. So those are things like book a consultation, explore services, like read more, things like that, clear buttons that they can click on, go there, know what the next step is immediately. And then the third thing, hmm, what's my what's my third and final tip? No pressure. I think that I would say, make sure that you're not focusing too much on what you want to share. And you really are telling your ideal clients, those readers and viewers of your site that the things that they want to hear, the benefits that you can provide them, how you can help them, I think is the number one number one tip I have for you. But if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to betweenthelinescopy.com slash course or betweenthelinescopy.com slash links. I have a free download called Homepage How To. That would be a great start for you if you're looking to learn more about how to write your own website copy. Perfect. And I mean, you've just answered my next question for you, which was <laughs> going to be, where can they find me. you? Uh, where can they find you on social media? They can find me at BTL copy. I had someone ask me, where did BTL come from? Like thinking it was my initials, which is not at all. I said, it stands for between the lines. Maybe that's not clear, but it's at BTL copy on Instagram and then between the lines copy.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been a wonderful chat. Thanks for having me. I was so excited. All right. That's it for this episode. Head to betweenthelinescopy.com to find out more about Sarah and her course that is launching very, very soon. And if you are interested in working with me like Sarah worked with me as a VIP on her launch where I spent six hours of my day deep diving the bits of her launch that she needed the most help with. So planning out the content, making sure the messaging was on point, 
making sure the offer was on point, planning out her webinar. Sarah actually came to me not even wanting to do a webinar. And not only did I convince her to do one, I outlined it for her in that VIP day. So if that sounds like something that you need in your business, head to stephtaylor.co forward slash VIP. I'd only take one or two VIP clients per month and they tend to book up around a month in advance at the moment. So stephtaylor.co forward slash VIP for that. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this episode or from this podcast, please do tell them about Socialette. It's how I get to help more people. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time.